0: SECTION 48 OF AFTER DARK This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurnee, Illinois. AFTER DARK by Wilkie Collins THE PROFESSOR'S STORY OF THE YELLOW MASK PART THIRD CHAPTER SEVEN the next morning among the first visitors at the ascoli palace was the master sculptor luca lomi he seemed as the servants thought agitated and said he was especially desirous of seeing count fabio on being informed that this was impossible he reflected a little and then inquired if the medical attendant of the count was at the palace and could be spoken with both questions were answered in the affirmative "'and he was ushered into the doctor's presence. "'I know not how to preface what I want to say,' "'Luca began, looking about him confusedly. "'May I ask you in the first place "'if the work-girl named Nanina was here yesterday?' "'She was,' said the doctor. "'Did she speak in private with anyone?' "'Yes, with me.' "'Then you know everything?' "'Absolutely everything.' i am glad at least to find that my object in wishing to see the count can be equally well answered by seeing you my brother i regret to say he stopped perplexedly and drew from his pocket a roll of papers you may speak of your brother in the plainest terms said the doctor i know what share he has had in promoting the infamous conspiracy of the yellow mask my petition to you and through you to the count is that your knowledge of what my brother has done may go no further if this scandal becomes public it will ruin me in my profession and i make little enough by it already said luca with his old sordid smile breaking out again faintly on his face pray do you come from your brother with this petition inquired the doctor no i come solely on my own account my brother seems careless what happens he has made a full statement of his share in the matter from the first has forwarded it to his ecclesiastical superior, who will send it to the archbishop, and is now awaiting whatever sentence they choose to pass on him. I have a copy of the document to prove that he has at least been candid, and that he does not shrink from the consequences which he might have avoided by flight. The law cannot touch him, but the church can, and to the church he has confessed. All I ask is that he may be spared a public exposure such an exposure would do no good to the count and it would do dreadful injury to me look over the papers yourself and show them whenever you think proper to the master of this house i have every confidence in his honor and kindness and in yours he laid the roll of papers open on the table and then retired with great humility to the window the doctor looked over them with some curiosity the statement or confession began by boldly avowing the writer's conviction that part of the property which the count fabio diascoli had inherited from his ancestors had been obtained by fraud and misrepresentation from the church the various authorities on which this assertion was based were then produced in due order along with some curious particles of evidence called from old manuscripts which it must have cost much trouble to collect and decipher the second section was devoted at great length to the reasons which induced the writer to think it his absolute duty as an affectionate son and faithful servant of the church not to rest until he had restored to the successors of the apostles in his day the property which had been fraudulently taken from them in days gone by the writer held himself justified in the last resort and in that only in using any means for effecting this restoration except such as might involve him in mortal sin the third section described the priest's share in promoting the marriage of maddalena lomi with fabio and the hopes he entertained of securing the restitution of the church property through his influence over his niece in the first place and when she had died through his influence over her child in the second the necessary failure of all his projects if fabio married again was next glanced at and the time at which the first suspicion of the possible occurrence of this catastrophe occurred to his mind was noted with scrupulous accuracy the fourth section narrated the manner in which the conspiracy of the yellow mask had originated the writer described himself as being in his brother's studio on the night of his niece's death harassed by forebodings of the likelihood of fabio's marrying again and filled with the resolution to prevent any such disastrous second union at all hazards he asserted that the idea of taking the wax mask from his brother's statue flashed upon him on a sudden and that he knew of nothing to lead to it except perhaps that he had been thinking just before of the superstitious nature of the young man's character as he had himself observed it in the studio he further declared that the idea of the wax mask terrified him at first, that he strove against it as against the temptation of the devil, that, from fear of yielding to this temptation, he abstained even from entering the studio during his brother's absence at Naples, and that he first faltered in his good resolution when Fabio returned to Pisa, and when it was rumored not only that the young nobleman was going to the ball, but that he would certainly marry for the second time the fifth section related that the writer upon this yielded to temptation rather than forego the cherished purpose of his life by allowing fabio a chance of marrying again that he made the wax mask in a plaster mould taken from the face of his brother's statue and that he then had two separate interviews with a woman named Brigitta, of whom he had some previous knowledge who was ready and anxious from motives of private malice to personate the deceased countess at the masquerade this woman had suggested that some anonymous letters to fabia would pave the way in his mind for the approaching impersonation and had written the letters herself however even when all the preparations were made the writer declared that he shrank from proceeding to extremities and that he would have abandoned the whole project but for the woman brigitte informing him one day that a work-girl named danina was to be one of the attendants at the ball. He knew the count to have been in love with this girl, even to the point of wishing to marry her. He suspected that her engagement to wait at the ball was preconcerted, and, in consequence, he authorized his female accomplice to perform her part in the conspiracy. The sixth section detailed the proceedings at the masquerade, and contained the writer's confession that, on the night before it, he had written to the Count proposing the reconciliation of a difference that had taken place between them, solely for the purpose of guarding himself against suspicion. He next acknowledged that he had borrowed the key of the Campo Santo gate, keeping the authority to whom it was entrusted in perfect ignorance of the purpose for which he wanted it. That purpose was to carry out the ghastly delusion of the wax mask, in the very probable event of the wearer being followed and inquired after by having the woman Brigitta taken up and set down at the gate of the cemetery in which fabio's wife had been buried the seventh section solemnly averred that the sole object of the conspiracy was to prevent the young nobleman from marrying again by working on his superstitious fears the writer repeating after this avowal that any such second marriage would necessarily destroy his project for promoting the ultimate restoration of the church possessions by diverting count fabio's property in great part from his first wife's child over whom the priest would always have influence to another wife and probably other children over whom he could hope to have none the eighth and last section expressed the writer's contrition for having allowed his zeal for the church to mislead him into actions liable to bring scandal on his cloth reiterated in the strongest language his conviction that WHATEVER MIGHT BE THOUGHT OF THE MEANS EMPLOYED, THE END HE HAD PROPOSED TO HIMSELF WAS A MOST RIGHTEOUS ONE, AND CONCLUDED BY ASSERTING HIS RESOLUTION TO SUFFER WITH HUMILITY ANY PENALTIES, HOWEVER SEVERE, WHICH HIS ECCLESIASTICAL SUPERIORS MIGHT THINK FIT TO INFLICT ON HIM. HAVING LOOKED OVER THIS EXTRAORDINARY STATEMENT, THE DOCTOR ADDRESSED HIMSELF AGAIN TO LUCA LOMI. I AGREE WITH YOU, HE SAID that no useful end is to be gained now by mentioning your brother's conduct in public always provided however that his ecclesiastical superiors do their duty i shall show these papers to the count as soon as he is fit to peruse them and i have no doubt that he will be ready to take my view of the matter this assurance relieved luca lomi of a great weight of anxiety he bowed and withdrew the doctor placed the papers in the same cabinet in which he had secured the wax mask before he locked the doors again he took out the flat box opened it and looked thoughtfully for a few minutes at the mask inside then sent for nanina now my child he said when she appeared i am going to try our first experiment with count fabio and i think it of great importance that you should be present while i speak to him he took up the box with the mask in it and beckoning to nanina to follow him led the way to fabio's chamber end of section forty eight recording by warren Cottie, gurney illinois